What if it were possible to lose your next 10 pounds without dieting? Listen closely and welcome to the Stop Dieting Forever podcast, where you will discover the key components that most diets won't tell you because they want you to keep coming back. Not here. This is your last stop on the weight loss struggle bus. I am your host, Jennifer Dent Brown, life and weight loss coach, and I'm going to show you how to stop dieting forever. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello. I am thrilled to be back in your ear again um, with a bonus episode that I wanted to record. If you're a new listener, welcome. I'm happy that you decided to tune in to this particular episode. But I wanted to record this special episode based off of our current set of events that are happening in this country and in this world, right? So let's, let's talk about it. The crisis that we're currently in just seems like our country is literally falling apart day by day, right in front of our eyes. So I am recording this at the beginning of June in 2020. And right now, our country is in, in an uproar over the recent violent deaths of Mr. George Floyd, Mr. Ahmaud Aubrey, and Ms. Breonna Taylor. Now, there are protests, not just in the United States, but literally all over the world. Um, my brother sent me a video and I reposted it on my Facebook, but it was video compiled of people in massive protests in different countries all over the world chanting Black Lives Matter in England, in Canada, in Italy, in the Netherlands, in Denmark, in Ireland, in Spain, in France, and even in Syria. There are videos of people holding up pictures of George Floyd's face and signs that read, I can't breathe, right? So it's not just here in the United States, it's all over the world and it is a lot. It is really a lot to digest and take in. And it's really a lot for people to absorb, especially Black folks, right? Especially Black people, Black Americans. Watching the video of Mr. Floyd being murdered over and over and over and over again, it's a lot. Watching the 24-7 news coverage of the protests and the riots in cities all over our country, it's a lot. Watching a black CNN reporter be arrested live on TV for doing his job, right? While his white colleague was a block away in Minneapolis without any issues. It's a lot. To see usually emotionless news anchors break down in tears on live television because of their outrage, it's a lot. To see the the aftermath of your own city vandalized and burned out, police cars and graffiti everywhere where it used to be beautiful, it's a lot. To see nonstop video of people breaking storefront windows in broad daylight and running in to steal stuff, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot to handle. 
It's a lot to emotionally handle on top of our normal day-to-day life. When I say our, I mean we as Black people, we as Black women, right? There was a profound article that was shared with me from one of my girlfriends that really captured the experience of a Black person working in corporate America perfectly. You may have read it, but if not, I will put the link in the show notes because I really want you to read it. The article is entitled, Your Black Colleagues May Look Like They're Okay, Chances Are They're Not. And the author uh, is Danielle Cadet, and it was on Refinery29's website. So if you haven't read the article, please take some time to go read it. In the article, she eloquently expresses how Black folks have had to compartmentalize our pain so we can show up and do our jobs and not make anyone uncomfortable, right? So I read that article and I was like, 100% yes, this was my life when I worked in corporate America. Very specifically, I remember the day after George W. Bush was reelected. And I was working in the financial district in New York City, and I had to, my cube was next to a partner who was clearly a very loud supporter, Republican supporter of George Bush. And I just remember going into work and I hear him just on the phone like, yeah, my guy was reelected. Today's a good day. And I literally wanted to walk out of the building and leave. Right, but no, I just blocked him out, stayed in my cube, looked at my black coworker to the side of me, and I was like, okay, we, gave her, we gave each other the eye and we just did our jobs, right? We didn't have time to be upset or to be angry or even be like, could you please keep your voice down, <laughs> right? Because we were trying to stay under the radar. We didn't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable, All of my friends who read that same article were like, hell yes, this is what I have to do every day to be able to be productive at work. And then you have a national crisis like the one we're in now. And then we black folks have to process everything that's going on, but we got to do it outside of normal business hours, right? We can't do it while we're at work on a Zoom call. We have to do it at night when we're watching the evening news or the late night news or the early morning news before we get get ready for work. And look, let's be real. The current crisis of racism is pulling up a lot of deep rooted shit for folks. Okay, long time hurts, long time pain and anguish that we have experienced as blacks, but we have just learned to deal with it. When I get together with my girlfriends, right, we're at happy hour or we're out at dinner or at somebody's house, we swap stories about what this white person said to us or what this white person did to us or what happened when we walked into a store to go shopping and we're the only black in the store, right? And so as a group, we may laugh at the story and be like, girl, she did what? Girl, mm-mm, right? But year after year, Decade after decade of having the same conversations with my friends creates an internal pain that we just don't acknowledge, right? We just don't acknowledge it anymore because it's easier to laugh it off. 
It's 100% way too common. And it's easier to just be like, whatever, like that's crazy, than to really process what these demeaning incidents mean to us. Right? But we don't forget them. They're like etched in our heads. I remember very specifically another incident where I was going into my one of my favorite department stores, Nordstrom, to go buy jewelry. I forgot what I was buying it for. It doesn't really matter. But I was walking around the jewelry counter looking at the jewelry and I just remember being watched like a hawk by a worker there. She was a young white girl. And I was like, seriously? And so I just started playing with her, right? I started walking to this counter and like, she's still looking at me. And then I started walking to the other counter. I'm like, this chick is still staring at me like I'm cra- like I'm about to steal something. And I remember I just got so outraged and this is not me at all. This is not my personality. I just looked at her and I was like, yo, I'm not gonna steal anything. And she looked mortified, right? And then suddenly this older black associate ran over to me and she was like, how can I help you, right? And she helped me and I just bought a whole bunch of stuff just for her and I was like, I hope she gets commission from it, right? But I was outraged, right? And look, the girl could have just been looking at my lovely outfit. I don't know. But because I had been in that situation where I'm I'm walking into a store and I have been looked at and watched and felt like I'm a suspect, I'm about to steal something, all of those feelings, all of those incidents bubbled up at this one point in time and I yelled at this poor little white girl in Nordstrom, right? Hopefully she learned something. (laughs) So here we are in 2020 and a race revolution is happening. But only right now because three people have recently died very violently, right? There is a microscope on race relations in America. Suddenly, we as Black people are forced to deal with our own feelings and our own experiences with racism. Yes, Black lives matter. And I also matter when I go into Nordstrom and want to go shopping without having someone watching me like a hawk. Yes, Black Lives Matter. And I also matter when I do twice the work as my white male colleague and get passed up for a promotion. Yes, Black Lives Matter. And I also matter when I walk into a business establishment to spend my money and I expect to be greeted as a customer and not looked over as if I'm not standing right in front of you. Yes, Black Lives Matter. And I also matter when it's time to go to the hospital to have a baby and have to worry that I won't be treated as well as a white woman in the hospital bed in the next room or have to worry that my care or lack of care could result in my death. If you think that's dramatic, look up the statistics statistics of the number of black women that die in childbirth and the reasons why versus white women. So yes, this current crisis has ignited a lot of suppressed hurt and pain. And most of us just don't know how to cope, right? We we have just like ignored it, but we've just like, I don't have time to deal with this right now. We've done that for so long. Now it's like, we don't know how, we don't know what to do, right? Because we're also under this microscope of race relations. So this is why some of us are angry and going off on anyone and everyone on social media. 
This is why some of us are vandalizing neighborhoods and looting. This is why we don't want to talk to you. We don't want to talk to our white colleagues about our pain and our experience as a black person. Right? This is why we're eating and drinking more than ever. We don't know how to cope. And I'm wondering if the reason why African-Americans tend to be overweight is because we've been suppressing our true feelings, our true hurts, our true pain for generations. Right? It's not that we're genetically disposed to be big. Oh, she's just a thick girl. No. This mentality of like, we don't have time to deal with this, right? This mentality of like, you stay quiet, you do what you have to do, you have bills to pay, you have a family to take care of, you have a job to do. We don't have time to raise up and be angry against the white man, right? And so you have all these emotions that you've been suppressing and you don't know how to cope with them. Yes, this is a weight loss podcast. But for those of you who don't know me, you or for those of you who do know me, you know that this just ain't about your weight. It's about how you manage your life, how you manage your mind, how you manage your emotions, all of the things that drive you to overeat and overdrink. So whether the crisis is the global pandemic of the coronavirus, whether it's institutional racism, whether it's police brutality, whether it's your messy marriage, whether it's your out of control kids, whether it's your jacked up finances, whether it's your joyless job, whether it's because you're single and sad, it doesn't matter. If you don't know how to cope in a crisis, you're always going to use food as your personal escape. Listen, your weight is an outward manifestation of the pain you're experiencing from your own personal crisis, whether you acknowledge it or not. I'm going to say that again. Your weight, your current weight, is an outward manifestation of the pain you're experiencing from your own personal crisis, whether you acknowledge it or not. Okay, no matter how you feel right now about this current crisis, no matter how you feel about the cri- your personal crisis, overeating isn't going to solve your problem. So I am here. I am here to help you. I had to do my own processing of my own pain and what this current crisis has brought up for me as a black girl growing up in a white society as a black woman navigating my life through a white corporate America, right? I had dealt with all of that. I cried, ooh, did I cry? I cried, I went through a box of tissues. I fasted, I was praying, I journaled, I read my Bible, I listened to sermons. I did, I used all of the tools that I know as a life coach, to help me identify and process this emotion. Because I know I can't help you if I'm in the pool with you. If I'm sad and fearful and angry right along with you, I can't help you pull yourself out of that pool. So I am here. I am 100% fully capable willing, able, and trained as a coach to help you learn how to cope with these emotions. 
Look, if you have not subscribed to my podcast yet, I hope you will now because these are the things we're going to talk about in future episodes and share it with your friends, right? I'm going to teach you how to stop dieting forever. And that's going to happen by you digging into all of the reasons why you can't stay on track with your weight loss program, right? We're going to work on all the reasons why you can't stop eating food when the food is like really, really, really good and you know you're full and you know you should be done, but it's like, oh man, one more bite, right? We're going to figure out all the reasons why you're not motivated to make a change in your life and what the heck are you waiting for, okay? I want to encourage you, right? But I want to tell you it's time. It is time to learn how to stop suppressing all of your emotions. Doing that does not serve you in any way. You came to me, you came to this podcast because you're like, oh my God, I need to lose some weight, right? You're going to lose some weight, but you're also going to lose a lot of old beliefs that don't serve you in old thoughts that don't serve you, in an old mindset that does not serve you, okay? Before I became a coach, I didn't know how to identify my emotions. I didn't know, like, I just knew like, okay, I feel good. Oh, I don't feel so good. Eh, I feel meh, right? I didn't know how to manage my emotions. I didn't even, like, I couldn't even identify what they were. But now I do. Right? I know how to manage my mind. I know how to manage my thoughts about any crisis, personal or global. I am no longer a victim of my own thinking, and I want the same for you. Okay? This is how we're going to be better. <laughs> Boy, I love what I do. So I hope you enjoy the episodes that I've already recorded for you, right? And if you are ready to do this work, if you're ready to evolve into the next better version of you, if you're ready to be like, okay, there's something to this emotion thing that she's talking about, I want you to subscribe to this podcast so you know every time I release a new episode, you'll be notified. And let's do the work. Let's do it. I got you. Girl, I got you. You can do this. All right, continue to live Lux, and I will see you in the next episode. Hey, 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 before you go, I have one more thing for you. If you like today's episode and want to learn more about the Stop Dieting Forever lifestyle, I have a free weight loss guide for you at jenniferdent.com forward slash stop dieting forever. In it, you'll discover the four things you must try before you give up on your weight loss goal. Go to jenniferdent.com forward slash stop dieting forever to request your free copy. What do you have to lose but some weight? Go to jenniferdent.com forward slash stop dieting forever right now. Don't put it off until later. Decide your health is worth the time now. Go to jenniferdent.com forward slash stop dieting forever to discover what you can do to really stop dieting forever.